When life gives you misogyny, you gotta grow some ovaries. Okay, welcome to Grow Some Ovaries by The Rational Feminists. Um, you've got myself here today, you've also got Bethan. Hello. We've got Harriet. Hello. And we've also got a special guest, Elinard. Hello. So we're here today to discuss, um, it's our March podcast, and we're going to be talking about babies. So in January, we talked about how we can lose some weight, um, or how we can't, we can all lose weight, but the pressure to lose weight. In February, we talked about now we've lost weight. Um, now we can obviously go and fall in love and get a boyfriend, which is also, you know, fantastic. Um, and then following on from that, we've now got a boyfriend and now we're going to be talking about having babies and the pressure to have babies potentially at a certain age and what impact that might have on your career, etc. So um, I've got a couple of um, features for you. Um, uh, but first of all, we've got a few anecdotes. I think we've got about pregnancy and um, expectations, etc. More generally, we're talking about, you know, how you get pregnant and then a lot of the time, A, your body becomes the property of everyone because yeah. they just... Fondle your belly. <laughs> it's also expectation of being pregnant and or that a woman would want to get pregnant as well or even want kids. Um, that's a big thing, you know. Yeah. For example, I've had it, you know, you get married and then people start asking you, you know, when, you know, when are you going to be off work with maternity leave or you'll get pregnant? And I think that's really something I would share with work colleagues if yeah. I, you know, and it's a lot of pressure then. Or, oh, are you trying for a child? Because obviously, yeah. you know, it's yeah. 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 So And then people will ask you, why haven't you had oh, a child? It's it's been be in, yeah, exactly. It must be inappropriate. Yeah. And there's, there is that tweet on one of the everyday and things of, like, a young boy and there was a, girl, a woman who was like, I don't have kids. And he's like, so what's the point of me then? Oh, my that, God. That kind of... And the fact that, I mean, he's just, like, a seven-year-old, so it's just what he kind of picked what up. Picked up, up that women and mothers, that, that's what they are. Yeah. One and the same. In the in the Venn diagram, <laughs> totally overlapped. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess in one sense they are, because all mothers are women. But it doesn't mean that all women are mothers, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like all thumbs are fingers, but all fingers are thumbs. Exactly. So yeah. I don't know if anyone's got any kind of experience of... of so, yeah, so there's, for example, we're talking about expectation, expectation to have kids. One of my friends, she's uh, 32. You know, has this, like, people keep on just talking, asking her when she's going to have kids, and this idea that... She's like, oh, well, I don't want to have kids. But, you know, relatives are like, well, you know, you just haven't got... You just have... At some point, you'll reach this age where you have this biological urge to, to have kids. And she's like, I'm 32. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've passed my bi- biological peak and never have I suddenly had this urge to yeah. have kids. But suddenly, that it's not... It's the natural order of things that at some point you will just... You know, you'll wake up one day and she's like, oh, right, now I want to have kids. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, I think yeah. I think that's on the other side of it. I can tell that I've got a natural sort of. I know I I've always wanted to have kids, and I've yeah, always known that. I do. I do feel like my body is telling me that I need to have kids. I'm getting very broody, and I can tell that biologically speaking, I'm ready for children, but I'm not mentally or economically or anything else prepared for children. Yeah. <laughs> so I can prepared tell for cats though. Prepared for cats. <laughs> very happy with my gorgeous kitty cat. Um, but yeah, that's that's the limit. I can I can tell that the, I mean, there are a lot of pressures sort of socially, but there are also sort of these internal pressures of I feel like I need to be a mother, and I'm mm. scared that I'm going to run out of time. And I know that's ridiculous oh, because yeah, I'm only yeah, twenty six. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I I'm also like really aware that I'm not on my career path that I wanted to be on. So if I start a career now, I'm going to have to delay children, and I don't want to delay children. Yeah. So it's the whole dilemma of having to 
you have to plan your life a lot more if you're a woman and want to have children. Yeah, and, and, yeah I, I can true. I can definitely tell that right now as well because it's that age where it's like, mm, you know, as as a you know, and this is not this. I mean, my point before was more the fact that as men, there's not this so much the pressure to assume that you're going to want kids, etc. And of course, a lot of women will naturally want to have kids, but you can't assume just because your gender you will yeah. have that urge. That's the point, but with this kind of aspect of and this is less this is to a certain degree evolutionary and not there's not so many things that society can do about this other than the fact that just allow women to have career breaks more easily to have kids younger but in terms of the relationship side you know as a guy at this age you're not so much pressured to be like mm. you need to get this shit down in the next five years yeah. whereas yeah. as a woman of course like it is it does get harder after the age of 30 so you have slightly different priorities in your and you're going to be judged if you yeah. go for an interview when you're, say, 28, 29, oh, you know yeah. that's what your employer's yeah. going to be thinking about. If yeah, you're, exactly. And this is well documented, right? Yeah. I mean, like, many agencies just don't want to even yeah. figure yeah. with women of this like, of our age. Me and my colleagues were, were speaking. She's, she was married um, a year ago, and she's got one young child, mm. and she definitely wants more. And I am going to be married this year and want to have children sort of before I'm 30, ideally. Mm. So we both sort of counted that as a mark against us in the, in the grand mm. scheme of who would get but it and, should be and that's it's actually illegal well yeah but it's still a sort of consideration mm. that you have to sort of yeah. be reasonable about you know that it's it's not it's not spoken about properly but it's just an assumption that you think well they're gonna that is gonna count against me even though it shouldn't yeah no absolutely um and there's also like an expectation of i think um you know, you can see role models who've had babies and gone back to work, but it, they're always kind of held up as, yeah, but they can do it, so, you know, if you don't do it, that's your fault. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, actually, got to bloody Hopkins when she was like, well, I managed to have, like, both my kids and get back to work in two weeks, and so therefore everyone can be, yeah. do it. Yeah. Again, it shouldn't be that society pressures women to do things which are, women and men to do things which are not to the benefit of society, because if they're not to the benefit of the child, you're going to have children who are, are less stable mentally when they're great like you know there are mental health issues associated with being have being separated from parents very young and this is the effect of course some women might not have any choice etc but it shouldn't be the expectation exactly the same way that we should expect it's almost this thing of like oh well we want to have kids it's your choice it's just something on the side you know it's like no it's one of the things we first of all it's human right to be able to should be human right to be able to reproduce and have some time with your kid and secondly like if women didn't do this, like, if we all just protested and didn't have kids, well, then it would be, like, I mean, in 50 years' time, when people are like, why haven't we got any, like, why are we all, like, really old without any young work- workforce or have to have more immigrants? Because, yeah. like, women aren't having kids. Like, in Germany, like, the birth rate's really low because... Yeah, the same in uh, parts of Japan. The birth the birth rate is so small in some of these villages that they're literally dying out. Yeah, exactly. The whole villages are just... But it's because it's so like, difficult, you know. Well, like, you think it's a choice. Yeah, exactly. It is a choice. But, 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 but I mean, it's not it's not a human choice. No, like a society as a whole. Yeah, people have got to reproduce, otherwise society will die out. So mm-hmm. it's not like oh, women are just doing it for their own benefit. It's yeah, like, exactly. I mean, people are like you know, and you don't. Yeah, yeah. And you point should is, get more benefits. The men aren't you. given this. It's not like oh, it's like the woman chose to have a kid, but it's like you know, you're not penalizing the man, and it's like you can't mm. help the fact that your biology meant that you had to take more more time time to, off work. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to, but like that you have to. I guess to go through more physical yeah. strain. I mean, my, my more general point was just that there's they always hold up women who have done that, but why are they the exception? Yeah. And also, like you say, why is it that that's a good thing all the time? You mm. know, they should be saying it's up to you. You can do this. You can't do that. Sorry, you can do this. You can do something else. Yeah. 
but actually it doesn't matter because like you say having a child is a good thing but actually all of us have said it in a way that we want children but actually it's going to be a really bad thing for work why should it be yeah. why yeah. should We're our employees see as that as, as negative yeah. I, I, I feel like with I know how it is in Germany I think Germany is quite good with maternity leave and in academia the thing is in academia you know I have heard people saying you know it's a career suicide to like have kids before you have a permanent position somehow but then there are women you know I know there are women within my department who are like my age who have had kids but you don't know they have kids because yeah. like somehow you, the older professors they bring their kids to work and they're around at like four o'clock when they leave whereas like, the women who do have kids I don't even realise because they're still yeah. working the same hours as everybody else it's just yeah. like, obviously they're going home to tea and kids you just and yeah, they're aware of it yeah I don't know so our first feature that we're going to do is what's been in the news so um, we've had International Women's Day in March um, and there's been a few interesting things around that I think Bethan you had some some interesting observations just in terms of any kind of Women's Day, International Women's Day. Yeah, because um, you always get the question, when's, well, when's International Men's Day? Which, for the record, there is an International Men's Day on the 19th of November, uh, which is important to highlight certain sort of male uh, mental health issues and, and things. But it's just it just seems that you can't have an International Women's Day without a load of men sort of trying to, A, take attention off by saying <laughs> when's International Men's Day and then you have to sort of describe that, yes, that is important, don't worry, we're not <laughs> forgetting you, so like a child. Uh, but say, can we at least have one day without some sort of, yeah, backlash, backlash against, against it. Against it. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that was just my sort of observation on International Women's Day is that I got asked that twice at work. And you yeah, just, I got asked it as well. Yeah. Oh, and oh, happy, you have, like, oh, I don't know, it's just, you just get mocked for being a woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, when actually it's a really, really important day to sort of highlight various issues around the world and the fact that at the moment there's still a massive gender pay gap. A lot of women, I mean, there's a fact in The Independent uh, that I was reading, or The Eye, sorry, that's 16%. So there was a statement that said... Um, women men are better than women at business leadership or kind of all that kind of things and learning teaching and 16 percent agreed with the statistic now we did go into we're not sure kind of who they asked etc etc but it was across um and that was in sorry for the uk for the uk and there was higher percentages for other um countries countries, as well yeah Um, spain was the lowest out of those asked but it it just shows you that still within the UK you've got sixteen percent of the population or sixteen percent of this survey um, who are asked who genuinely believe men are better at you know what would be typical life uh, yeah yeah Very essentially much. is what the statement was saying mm-hmm. and that's actually really worrying and on International Women's Day it's one day to highlight those kind of issues yeah. which we should be highlighting every day and I do think yeah. that like that's with all of these days you have a day for it but actually it's an issue that should be discussed every day what was a genuinely genuinely and i've noticed this a few times recently when i've been talking to male colleagues and i've got indignant not even indignant but i've just highlighted something i've read or something in a book that's been sexist and it's annoyed me and every time and this is i mean this is including mark like uh, like every time I kind of discuss these things. Like, these are intelligent, articulate men who are, like, who would consider themselves left and liberal. But it's still, like, when I... I don't know, like, when I make some point when I'm like, oh, it's so bad that this statistic happened to do with women. Like, the other day I was, like, discussing the fact that I couldn't believe that, like, within my lifetime, rape was still legalised within marriage. And there's still, still this, like, 
initial reaction of being like, hmm, yeah, I agree with you, but like you feel inclined it's to whole, have a not all men. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, but to have like a but as in like you just want to take me down one peg for being so like indignant because you somehow can't like share in with my indignant so you yeah. want to like and it's like you can share in with it like I get indignant when I read stuff to do with like racial yeah. slurs I don't say like exactly. oh yeah. well it's like they've decided they're not well, on your white side people from the and there are some things well there don't anything with white people but we come up badly like because we're so privileged <laughs> like, but bet, like I wouldn't you know I wouldn't bring that up in the same sentence because it does sound like in, but I'm not trying to undermine what you're saying like obviously rape yeah. and bad like rape and marriage is really bad but like also like you do need like what did Mark say he's like oh you do need like he tried to make some total tangent, tangent point. I was like, follow through the logic. He's like, yeah, okay. I'm like, it just, it, there's nothing, you know, yeah. if you agree with it, you agree with it. You can just say, I agree. Yeah, that's exactly. bad. And that's all I want you to say. But yeah. so many times my male friends will, like, will be like, oh, yeah, but, and they kind of bring up something to do with men, which isn't really that relevant. And I'm like, but it makes it sound like you're trying to undermine me. It's like, no, I'm not. Then why bring it up in this, you know, it's not even. Yeah. And it just, why can't you just say, yes, that's bad, and not feel like it's like. Mm. A slant at, oh, at really, men yeah, in general, exactly. yeah. It, it's like they feel like personally attacked. It's like, oh, I, I am yeah. assuming that you're on the right side of this. And yeah, if you say but, then you're making me think that maybe you're yeah, on the other exactly. side of it because exactly. you're getting so defensive. Yeah, but you know, this is what I assume is that, well, but this is kind of how it has been for a long time. So it's like, you know, you must agree with me that like all of these points are just clear logical points. And why yeah. don't you just give me the right of being in, it's almost like I don't have the right to get so irate about yeah. it and it's like give me this right like I'm yeah, not yeah which then uh, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so less irate right when I talk to them about it. I'm not just like you I'm, know I'm trying to lighter issue and for those of you out there you should you know talk about International Women's Day it's a really good thing I think mm. it, it does actually start a discussion yeah. in your workplace and with colleagues who you might not yeah. normally talk about that with yeah um, other things that have been in the news though other than International Women's Day um have been um, that mother and nanny video well not mother and nanny mother video when she runs in and the bloke is presenting or being interviewed and then the kids come in and then she runs and the the, the reason I guess we called it mother nanny is because a a lot of people assumed that she was the nanny virtually not me Asian. no yeah no, which not is not any just, of us which no. smug me smug me realise so our unconscious bias was on the right side <laughs> yeah um but it's a very funny video it, if you haven't seen it. It is very funny. Um, but it also yeah. just shows kind of the challenge, I guess, of um, working from home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there was, and also the spoof videos yeah, that the have come off it. Yeah, the spoof videos of, like, women um, in the same position. And there's no, there's, there's no mother to run in because they are the mother and they have to sit the child on their knee and carry on and then it gets more and more ridiculous. But... <laughs> just, I mean, just disarming a bomb. bomb. <laughs> <laughs> just, just name one, yeah. I mean... <laughs> That's not to say that men can't multitask, of course they can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just the expectation of men are yeah. typically different. Yeah. Because there was lots of questions on social media, wasn't there, around why he didn't just pick up the kid and things yeah. like that. But, but I mean, actually, yeah, I can understand just shoot it. the kid away somehow. Yeah. yeah. But it was a cute little kid. Like. And it, they seem like a really cute family. Yeah. I just love the comment that, like, he thinks he didn't put his trousers on this morning because he was so mobile. He was so, <laughs> so stationary. <laughs> Um, so that no, was just a really good video yeah. and I think it does it did like a lot of the spoofs that came out it was funny because it was one of those things where it's like actually yeah you know if it had been a mother not that necessarily you know another father might have done that mm-hmm. as well but it is the fact that actually mums do that day in day out a lot of the time so they yeah. do work from home yeah. and they have their kids with them or they will be working with their kids and, and you have to make allowances for that as would single dads as yeah, well yeah, yeah. 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 more typically tend to fall on the female because yeah. so of course it does happen to males yeah, yeah. Um, but it's more typical but it's also that you know women or you know, well, not women like you say single parents or people have to do that it doesn't necessarily impact your ability to work and I think mm-hmm. that's yeah. um, 
important. Again, in terms of discrimination. Yeah. Um, so get up and put a sock in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think uh, the next next feature is women women's issues. Yeah. So there's been a couple of things that I report um, an article I read around um, a. It was in the women's kind of section. Of, and it was on Women's Hour as well. Yeah. Um, talking about a story, a book that's been released called... I can't remember what it's been called. Between the rape victim and the perpetrator. Oh, of course. Oh, um, The yeah. Other Side of Forgiveness. Yeah. The Other Side of so Forgiveness. So basically, um, they published a book, and basically there's... This woman, um, when she was sort of 15, 16, went on an exchange programme to Norway or Iceland? Sweden. Iceland. Sweden. Iceland. 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 <laughs> so we're scandy. <laughs> Pretty sure it was Iceland. Yeah, Iceland. I think it was Iceland. Um, and, you know, she met someone there, started going out. He, he was Australian, he, was Australian. he, went, to he went to Iceland. Oh, that was Iceland. it. Yeah, was um, and they were both sort of 15, 16, I think. Um, they'd been dating for a, a couple of months and then um, they went to their kind of school ball thing together, their prom. And um, she had far too much to drink. He said he would take her home safe and then um, raped her. And, and she was she she was conscious at the time at the time but couldn't resist couldn't con- yeah exactly and That's and didn't consent yeah yeah exactly um, and then it kind of they uh, he split up with her a couple of weeks later they didn't really discuss it he went back to Australia um, and what then has transpired is that she obviously traumatised by the incident I mean, um, and, and just put it into you know she was very powerful talking about that the now she knows so why so, so well how many seconds are in two and a half mm-hmm. hours yeah and the kind of you know it, it, it left a, a big impact on her for a long time yeah as a word as well especially when you're I mean any rogue is but especially when you're that young and it's, yeah you know, and in an unfamiliar place and sort of feeling yeah like you don't you're not in a, com- a place where you're comfortable. You're not in a place where you know. But I think yeah, she was exactly. actually from Iceland, though, wasn't she? I don't know. Oh, but, no, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I wasn't... I didn't even mean sexually or physically. There, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, years later, she wrote him a letter um, and they started kind of correspondence, emailing. Um, he kind of acknowledged that it was wrong. He kind of... said His side of things is that, you know, he had kind of just... He was from a good family, had a good upbringing... He, um, he kind of just swept it under the carpet almost. It was like a, a part of his life that he didn't acknowledge. It, it was the fact that he didn't, hadn't, you know, she kind of talked about how yeah. long he had racked her for like years and bothered her and like how, you know, she really couldn't get off her chest and he just hadn't even really tweaked under the fact that it was rape. Like, yeah. He, did, yeah. he like was aware that maybe it wasn't yeah. right. He was, yeah, he was taking mm-hmm. liberties. Yeah. But yeah. He, has, he has now acknowledged that he. He was. He's a yeah. rapist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Essentially, and I think some of the controversy was, well, why are we interviewing someone who's who's a rapist? And um, I think Women's Hour got a lot of, you know, negative comments. Um, I mean, it's just glorifying this yeah. guy who should be in prison. But actually, narrative. I think it was a really it's a really important narrative to to say because it shows that not all rapists are monsters. Exactly, and so I. Well, they're all monsters, but it could be your next door neighbor. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's the like, point. A lot of rapists don't realize any that. any man has the capacity yeah. to rape. Yeah, and it's not that far a jump from somebody that doesn't respect women to take certain liberties. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, 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 it's it's not all of these monstrous people that you can tell a rapist. Yeah. And, and, and the boy next door, you don't. It's, know. it's like, do I look like a rape, rapist? I mean, exactly. What does a rapist look like? Yeah, and, you can and be charismatic and attractive yeah, and still be yeah, a rapist. Yeah. And he made, I think, a very good point that, yeah, you know, as a society, you have to be able to recognise. Yeah. 
the inhuman that is part of all of us and yes. that is is very easy to the same with for example um like sexual assaults against children and all things which are very difficult crimes to think about and it's very easy to say whoever does this is a monster because then it takes away the cop it takes away the fault of society yeah. and that if you just say he's a monster and that's why he did it yeah then he was twisted there's something wrong with him yeah, yeah. if you say no, there's no way you can fight against that or like prevent it from happening yeah. and not recognizing that your society can be behind yeah. some of these reasons yeah. exactly and what was really interesting about this case is that they were trying to get out you know the message to he what came across anyway that he was really keen to get the message across to other, other men, men. Of course, cause to say look you need to be it could happen to you could do this and not yeah, realise how and, and not that you know it could happen to you in terms of you could get caught it was like you could do this and, and not realise the impact that you've had yeah, because actually yeah. you're thinking in many ways of women as objects even if you don't mean to yeah. and, and, uh, that, and, and then, but then it wasn't even covered in the UK it. really yeah. it was yeah. covered in women's sections which wasn't the point of exactly. the, and, and this we know that we already know this yeah I think it is so important for men because if you assume that every human being is entirely selfish so they don't even care that you know raping somebody is going to have a terrible effect on their mental health I mean which is of course much people are better, many people are better than that but if you assume all human beings are self-interested then I mean they still have a hell of a good reason to want to know exactly what consent is because like with the kind of American swimmer that's like oh I'm suddenly in jail for it just, yes because yeah. it was rape and if they don't understand what rape is I mean leave alone the fact that like many girls are going to be left having been raped which is terrible but for their own self-interest as well like they could be sent to prison and they yeah. really have to be taught like again this is society's duty to mm -hmm. make sure that men understand what consent is and that girls understand what consent is as well yeah. but yeah, it's, it's both people's issues to... equally it's not a woman's issue yeah, by any like, way yeah. thing of yeah. imagination and it's not just for women's benefit because it's really to get self interested men as well to get this thing yeah. understood and that, yes. I mean and you can even start off just with education in schools it's like why do women and men get different sex education I just find that bizarre yeah, it's it was so strange yeah like yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I mean all we learned about was like you're menstruate and don't have sex without condoms you could have and a baby even the first time and you need to be embarrassed about it because apparently you can't talk to men about it yeah, yeah. And, and you then, need to be embarrassed about your own even, body even then you sort of you have to be like you can send in like anonymous letters and then someone will read them at the end of the class and it's also like oh, everyone's a bit giggly about it it's a bit yeah. awkward they, like, I mean, we bleed once a month yeah. yeah but even with sex education why can't you have a discussion and why aren't men and women or girls and boys being sat down mm -hmm. having a discussion about it and saying yeah. would you let someone do that no yes no so they know yeah. you can say no and because yeah. like you're not taught that from the media or anything else you're not taught yeah, how to say exactly, no exactly like you not and, and also, men aren't taught how to recognize consent exactly yeah. they're not taught they're not taught how to recognize that and that's not being patronizing no. it's just the truth. No, the truth is women bodies are to a certain degree their property, and that's part of the problem. Like, yeah, and simply more message if that's the case. Yeah. Then and there's the whole so take liberties. The whole narrative of oh, you know, she she can't look like she wants to have sex. She'll say no, but she means yes. It's the whole yeah, like yeah, yeah. I really can't stay. It's cold yeah. outside. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah. that sort of narrative of you can't seem like you want to have sex because that'll make you yeah, a slut. Yeah. But if you don't then the boys will just think that you want it anyway and, and the, also yeah I'm just realising that like different things are different for different people like you know maybe yeah you started kissing somebody and then halfway through you're like oh actually no and that's just like, like that yeah. can just happen it doesn't mean that you yeah. have to be like oh well it's practically like we practically had sex now anyway because we like fingered each other so it's like maybe these are totally different for a different yeah. person you know yeah. like it's just yeah. agreed it's, everybody is different and you have to like respect this and you can't just see and, and sex is it, it's a conversation between two people it's it's an interaction it's not one person doing sex yeah. to another person and I think there's a lot of betrayals 
in the media um, now about um, rape, which maybe a lot of men think, oh, that's rape, so what I'm doing is not rape. Yeah. So, yeah. for example, if you think about, I don't know if anyone's seen Broadchurch, um, which started in March, <laughs> um, Broadchurch, which is about a rape vi- victim, and that, that was very nice, that was very well done, but the yeah, rape scene is very much a typical, someone got tied up by a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? I, I yeah. didn't know. I haven't actually seen Broadchurch, but I actually read. Um, but there's a lot of other TV shows. Yeah, which as well. is not typical. Of no, rape. exactly. No, and most rape victims know they're attacking. Yeah, exactly. so I think it's in not a... just to be raped by your partner or yeah. ex-partner. Yeah. Or a family member. Yeah. Um, so I, this is actually really interesting because mm. I read an article about this in terms of how Broadchurch had betrayed um, all of that very well. They'd consulted mm. um, rape charities and rape crisis and all, all of that to try and do it as sensitively as possible. And they have been kind of critically acclaimed mm. for how they've they've shown it and portrayed it um but it was a really interesting article in terms of yes it was very sensitively done but actually um the is it still the fact is it still okay that we're showing so sexual violence by its nature is extremely violent and by showing it on on tv in such mm. a normalized way are we still kind of saying actually it's okay and, and the case in point with with this and it's a bit controversial because you could say actually you need to show what's happening in society yeah. through, mm. you know, the arts and things, because yeah. it's important. But the case in point with this is that um, the actress who played the main part person yeah. did um, a personalised appeal for rape crisis afterwards um, to try and kind of drum up some some support for rape crisis and, and the work that they do. And they so far, when at that point in time, they'd raised £10 from it. And the the point was around, well, actually, people are still seeing this not as you know, something terrible that's happened to someone. It's yeah, almost like it's, they're it's still not giving money. It's just another part of life. Yeah. And so they're not giving to chat because they see it so often. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's right or wrong and, and we should mm. portray it in some way and, and it is really difficult yeah. and they've done it in a really good yeah. way, but it is a really interesting view of it because um, I saw the first episode of Apple Tree Yard, mm. which again is a BBC drama um, that's been really critically acclaimed yeah. and things. And at the end of that, there's a rape scene where she kind of gets raped by a co-worker. She's, about four, she's a mother... 40 year old um, has a family and mm. stuff she's actually been having an affair in that episode but she gets raped by someone else and um, I turned off I find it really disturbing I find rape scenes mm. and I can't What I find it really difficult yeah. to watch and I think because you have such empathy it, it's it's sort mm. of like I can't it's the same if there's a really horrible gruesome murder yeah. you're like oh god I can't watch it yeah. um, and what got me thinking about this article in terms of actually how do you portray rape and things like that is if that scene had been a man raping a man, I don't think it would have been on nine o'clock telly. No, definitely not. Yeah. And then I was sort of thinking, what does that say about the scene? Because actually it should be the same. Yeah. But actually it's not because it's more okay. Yeah. And, I, and then I just yeah. started thinking about that in terms of just my own mind, like, or it's hmm, more, that's it's interesting. It's more normalised. It's more normalised, yeah. yeah, not more okay, yeah. It's more normalised and therefore, actually if we ask ourselves those kind of questions, should it... Should we be showing it? I don't know. It was an interesting... That was, it was just my own thought process yeah. of actually, is it okay? And it's true, yeah, because somehow, because, you know, rape of males, although it's less than females, I think it's 10%, I think, of all rape cases, but it's still very much... And there's a lot of social stigma against men against men. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So you should really... I mean, it should almost be... And, and like, prison rape is seen as such a, a joke and a comedy oh, set, and it's just... Don't disgusting. drop the soap. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm just making a joke it's about how you're about to get raped in, in comedy, yeah. and it's... Yeah. it's it's disgusting. No, and I know, and I absolutely know, like that. Yeah. It, but it's yeah. just an interesting yeah. because actually, should we 
it is still seen as normal. It's seen as something that happens, not that some. It's not something that someone does to yeah, someone. Yeah, it's yeah. rape happens. Therefore, why should I give to a charity? Because it happens, and we're never going to be able to stop it. Well, yeah. actually, there are victims. Yeah. It is a crime. But and it is also ridiculous. Like with cases, for example, with the Chad Evans case, and mm. people are like with the girl who so he was convicted. She, Clearly, had never given yeah. any consent for him to have sex with her. He's been released now. Yeah, uh, yeah, he has. And then people are like, to the female victim, somehow you're like belittling rape. And it's like, I'm sorry, like, there might be more violent cases of rape out there, but you don't say to somebody, don't report pickpocket because somebody else got their house robbed or like yeah. somebody else got robbed. You know, in no other crime, it doesn't make it not okay to report that crime yeah. just exactly. because more. Uh, or, or people aren't like, well, you've given stuff voluntarily before. So yeah. you well, it, I was just going to say, <laughs> so you it, must have been wanting for exactly. it. It's like the, that Tracy Ullman sketch show that went viral, where it's like a man's been robbed oh, yes. and it's in a police station, and the it's all yeah. rever- well, um, gender reversal. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. but it's your fault you were wearing a jacket, it's your fault. And it, it went viral, and I was sort of like, oh, okay. But isn't that how everyone sees You know, like, yeah, sure. surely you know surely that that's how ridiculous it is. But yeah, no, yeah. it's really good. Um, so I think our next topic, we're going to go on to a tampon and tampoff. Um, but at this point, we'd like to say thank you to Elined for joining um, for this month. And I think we're going to see you for next month. So we'll have some more of Elined's um, insights and thoughts next month. But thank you, Elined. So for a tampon, Thanks. tampoff. So a bit of a lighter topic than what we've been talking about. Um, this is the part of the show where we... Uh, talk about something that's annoyed us over the month and the other presenters and hosts decide whether we are right to be annoyed or whether actually we're probably being a bit OTT. Um, So I think for this month I've got one um, which is around the F plus rating for films. So on International Women's Day in March, um, this is where I read about it anyway, is that there was kind of a hackathon later that week where um, loads of people went into a cafe or whatever they do when there's a hackathon. I don't know. I'm, I'm not au fait with technology, clearly. Um, <laughs> loads of people across the world, even, maybe, um, went on, and it was like a whole 12 hours where they went through IMDb and put um, an F, double F, or triple F rating on IMDb, and they have IMDb have started using it as well in terms of their database for films. But what it is, is a rating, it's meant to be like a feminist rating, hence the F, so a single F is if it's been directed by a woman, a double F is if it's been written by a woman, and a triple F is if it's got all three and it's also got significant female sort of screen time. Um, now, my rant about this is that why people think that a film being directed or written by a woman is necessarily feminist, I don't think is the ideals behind feminism. I don't think that, A... A, I think it alienates people because people are like, why do you need a rating to go see a film? Does that mean that if you're a feminist, you're only going to go see films that are written by women or directed by women? And B, I don't think that's really what what it's about. It's meant to be about equal <coughs> rights and men being equal, women being equal. And I get that there, there is a bias in the film industry and that's why we need this, necess- maybe. But my rant would be, I don't think it's the right way to approach it so, because it comes across as if, if you're a woman, that means you are automatically entitled to have a feminist point of view, which I don't actually think is right. I think you can be a man and be more of a feminist than a woman, and I'm sure you guys would agree. So yeah. my rant this week is, why does being directed, written, or written by a woman make a film 
feminist. It doesn't. It just means it's written by a woman. And yes, that's a really good thing, especially in the film industry. But I don't think giving it a rating by that is necessarily promoting feminism as we would want it to be promoted. Do you not think the F rating was used to sort of highlight how little films are directed by women or have, you know, would not pass the Beckdale test, for example, or have significant women in it? And that is an issue worth highlighting. I call it a feminist rating because, to be honest, I get that. But saying, oh, it's a double F film. Well, actually, I might go see that film and it might be shit. What does it mean? (laughs) Mean Meaning anything. Actually, Twilight would be triple F. Yeah, I think so. Um. Fifty Shades of... I was going to say grey is the only colour, but that's... Uh, Fifty Shades <laughs> of Grey. That's... Is that triple F? I mean, I don't think either of those are um, great examples of feminism personified. Yeah, and maybe it's just the way I read what F the F rating means. No, I think... Why, I think it puts people's backs up. And I do, I do get it. I do get that you need to, in some way, highlight that in the film industry something like no female director has won an Oscar or it's like something mm. ridiculously low anyway know. yeah it, I don't know whether that's right but I'm, I'm sure it's something ridiculous like a film directed by a female they rarely get all of that and that's that is bad that is sexism I'm sure because it's difficult to break into the film industry um, as a woman but why we need a double I just don't get the purpose of it other than mm. yeah raising awareness we didn't have to call it F or double F you could have just I don't know I yeah, no, I, I, get, I get your point. I get your point, I think, as well. It, it was an interesting point with the, the triple F. Uh, well, I, I just looked, yeah, significant women uh, screen time in their own right. But actually, a lot of films, like you say, like Twilight or Fifty Shades of Grey, and actually, potentially, they're not the best <laughs> role models. No. You know, really, we should be highlighting films where they have female characters who are actually doing yeah. cool, you know, it's being exactly- intelligent. And I guess this is what it's trying to highlight. But I think I saw something that was trending the other day around uh, someone who went with her seven-year-old or something and tried to find books that had, for that audience, I think it was between seven and 12, I can't remember. I saw that. Um, and pulled them off the shelves. And then it was only like two or something out of a whole bookshelf of books that actually had like strong female characters that didn't talk about being a princess. Yeah, but then, yeah. But they don't have to be written by women, although they probably will be. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. I get your point. Also, it was funny that because I watched that video as well. And at the end, they were advertising that because they made a book then that featured strong female characters. But it was like like loads of different like role, real life role models, which I get is good. But I was like, if I was a child, I wanted more of like an adventure, which featured yeah. a girl. But, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. They, they don't necessarily have to be um, directed and written by women. Um, I think it's good to highlight the lack I, of directors. I, think, but I, I sort of agree with you, actually. Sort of separate issues in a way, because... Of course, we should champion more women being given opportunities mm. in the creative field and everything. It's just like the, the content of what a woman produces isn't inherently feminist by virtue of her being a woman. Because women are capable of being sexist as well and being victims of their own sort of um, impressions of what feminism is. Yeah. Absolutely. I d- yeah, I, I, I feel like it's a good idea. So I, I, I agree with you to an extent because I feel like it's in a good idea. It's come from a good place. Just, just to be able to highlight it, but I think they've gone about it maybe in a in a strange way. Yeah, that- and I feel like it would potentially give them, you know, give it more of a bad name. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna just piss people I'm, off. It's those in glass houses and shit, bro, throw bricks and all that. But like, I'm complaining about it, but I don't have a solution, so I don't know how you would. <laughs> do- 
you know so I'm saying oh it's not the right way although I get the principle so I get you know if someone said to me well how would you do it mm, I don't really know maybe I'd come up with the same thing you know as a kind of sticky plaster for it but I just yeah. I know that when I read it I thought oh great this means that anything written and directed by a woman that has a woman in we're all meant to praise and say it's amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah be it might be shite yeah that's yeah, yeah. I, I, I think like it's like any kind of test like the Bechdel test as well it's not infallible um stuff's going to slip through the cracks mm. a lot of my favorite films that are masterpieces don't have women in and it's not and they're not actually, sex, yeah sex. exactly yeah. but then there are some that you know it's worthwhile noticing how few there are it is worthwhile to notice like in it. superhero films and yeah because it's one of those things that you don't you don't notice because you have a bias against it mm. It's like yeah. when is it isn't it like in conversation? If women hold thirty percent of the conversation, men will think they're speaking an equal amount of the time. And if they hold fifty percent of the conversation, everyone will think that they're having that they're holding more of the conversation, because you inherently notice it more because yeah. it happens less. Yeah, no, mm. I agree. But that was my, that was I agree absolutely with that. So I what are we voting? Um, I'm I'm you know I'm halfway in with the tampon. <laughs> It's not quite doing its job, but it's, it's uh, stretched out a bit. It's not. It's not Lilith. No, it's got to be tampon or tampon. <laughs> we all know that halfway in tampon is not where you yeah. want to be. <laughs> it's kind of worse, isn't it, than both? It's whatever. I'm going to say tampon. I think you made your arguments well there. I'm going to okay. I'm going to disagree and say yeah. tampon because I think it's still worthwhile in the conversation, even and if it's not perfect. And that's the democracy this podcast yes. lives in. <laughs> so, on to uh, less of a light-hearted note. Um, you should be bothered. Yeah, our standing agenda item, you should be bothered. So, every month or so, we're going to be doing an item around what we should be really caring about in society that actually doesn't get much of a sort of show in the news or anything, um, because it is just day-to-day life so i think bethan you've got you should be bothered around maternity leave women and work yes so since um this march we're talking about babies so a statistic uh from the equality and human rights commission um and their research suggested that around fifty-four thousand new mothers uh, were losing their jobs across britain um every year um and it suggested this is because of it's not directly suggested but within the article it's saying it's maternity discrimination is illegal um so sorry, so 54,000 women, every new mothers every yeah. year... Lose their jobs. ...maternity discrimination. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so apparently one in five new mothers experience harassment or negative comments uh, from their colleagues, employer or manager when pregnant or returning from maternity leave. Um, and that's, again, this same research in partnership with the business department. Um, and 7% revealed they were put under pressure to hand in their notice which is just crazy. So, yeah, so I think that because, yeah, we're talking about, you know, babies and stuff, this is something which often, to be honest, I've never really thought about until this this podcast episode, if I'm honest, because it's not something that has directly affected me. I know it potentially will, because um, I, do, I do want kids in the future. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's not something that I've, I'd ever really thought about. But looking at some of these statistics, I then followed a link to the website Pregnant Then Screwed, oh, which was gosh. quite a good uh, title of a website. <laughs> um, and all these sort of stories of women coming back to work. And, for example, one one woman's story was that her maternity cover um, was paid 
her male maternity cover was paid like five thousand pounds more than her a year um and things like women being uh forced hand in their notice or coming back part-time and i mean we sort of covered this a little bit in the um in our women's issues in the news section in this podcast um but i think it's just something we really should be bothered about um you know i think it's quite a difficult issue to tackle sometimes because you know you can come from it the other not to discriminate against against people who go on maternity leave absolutely not but you can people will say to you you know if you're a small business you might not want to employ someone who is 25 to 32 etc because they're going to have a baby and you're going to have to pay them nine months 12 months wage and they're not going to be doing any work so you're basically taking on a liability and I do think sometimes it's not right but it is difficult to say oh yeah but actually you should be given an equal chance absolutely and I agree with this and actually I agreed with it until I read this um this article in the Huffington Post, uh, in the Huffington Post about stop making excuses pregnancy and maternity discrimination must stop and she's saying you know a lot of people say what about small businesses which I, I'm completely with as well um and she's saying one so there's three sort of common things that people say about it i think it's three yeah uh one maternity is expensive for business um but she's saying so statutory maternity pay is funded by government um yeah so it's not enough but you don't have to top up the government's pay um so for, for small businesses in particular the employer covers the staff members maternity pay um and in return they receive 103 percent of that back from the government to help with admin costs uh, two time expenditure for training someone new so essentially she said uh, this article saying yeah that that's fair enough but um recruiting someone on a temporary contract can mean that you're gonna it doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna get someone substandard if you're growing it's a good time to test someone out sort of thing like that and then pregnancy and motherhood changes priorities um but yeah essentially well i don't really agree with that because yeah, even if your baby's your priority, you can still do your, your job well. Yeah, it shouldn't make yeah, a difference. It would be the same for a male employee as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I'm off, isn't it? But then actually looking at that, like you say, you know, you get it funded and actually, like, you're more likely to get a high caliber. You know, I think you'd get high caliber individuals coming along for eight, six, eight months anyway. Mm. I guess it's more, yeah. But as I think we mentioned earlier in the program as well, earlier in the podcast, sorry, um was around actually well the way to fundamentally change that is to say actually men and women have to have the same amount of time off mm. when they have a baby yeah um whether that'll ever become but why shouldn't they you know just because you carry a baby doesn't necessarily mean that you're closer to it or better at looking after it exactly. yeah there's some really good i was reading about some really good um like uh, back to work internships as well that a few bigger companies are now offering for people who have had like a time off work maybe for childcare and things and doing like offering them like three month internships like you would like when you graduate and stuff and then offering them jobs after that so that's good um but yeah so i think we can all see why we should be bothered about that yeah definitely Especially yeah that, you know it's getting sooner to the time when we might actually ourselves be personally bothered <laughs> and I, sometimes you um you tell yourself these things as well so um i think uh, the biggest challenge sometimes is the fact that not other people not that other people are saying that to you but that you've internalized all of this stuff from society and you're mm. saying actually i'm not gonna be able to go back and do the same job i was mm. doing i you know i should feel guilty that i'm going off for eight months and having a baby because yeah. what society has told me i should be and i don't actually necessarily think it's other people saying that i think half the time it's because you've internalized this 
drip, drip, drip from the media and society, etc. That's saying actually, oh, you're a woman, you know, you should be part time when you come back because you've got to look after your baby, etc., etc. And I think that's half the challenge. And I think we should be bothered about, you know, discrimination, like you say, Vapan, in terms of, you know, what was it, fifty-four thousand women face discrimination against it. But we should maybe be more bothered about the fact that I would class myself a feminist, and I'm still thinking, oh, you know. I still have these doubts about myself. If I went off, I'm sure if I went off and had a baby. Absolutely, and you'd start thinking, oh, am I a good mother if I go back full-time? It's all these sorts of things. Yeah, and and you would would doubt your abilities when you returned as well. You'd think, well, I've had time off and I've been away from the office and maybe I've got baby brain in inverted commas. I've still heard people talk about baby brain. That's not a thing. As if it's something that they fundamentally don't have the same ability to do anything anymore. But about themselves, I mean, it is really insidious. It's... um, your own worst enemy, honestly, with this, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think our our next agenda item is about feminazi fail. So this is where we talk about something we've read, um, where we think feminists in the news, media, etc., are being probably a bit too harsh on mankind. <laughs> I think <laughs> humankind in general. <laughs> um, so I think back we had one. Well, we've got we've got a number. We've got a number of feminazi fails this week. Um, the first one, which a lot of people will have seen, is is probably this thing against Emma Watson. Um, so there's quite a lot of backlash for her posing top no topless, or she had a top on, but she yeah, it was the bottom of her boobs. She didn't even flatter <laughs> yeah. <pass people>. under boobs <laughs> in, va- in Vanity Fair, was it? Something <laughs> like that. Um. And there's, there was quite a few uh, feminists saying, oh, it undermines her position as a um, as a serious feminist, you know, because she's been using her role as a, a feminist platform, which is really good. Um, and I just think, oh, you know what? It's probably the same as what Emma Watson said, is how, you know, what, what have my nipples got to do with anything? Um, although I have read some interesting articles about, about it, but yeah, I, I would say I think it's just... Uh, feminism is all about women's choice isn't it but then yeah yeah so I think feminism is definitely about women's choice and she chose to do that Vanity Fair article it doesn't have any impact on whether what she is saying has more worth or less worth mm. so yeah. the fact that she has previously spoken out about women's rights and still continues to do so has absolutely that doesn't change any of that just the fact that she's got an underboob showing um, like you say it's about women's choice and if she chooses to do that then fine. I do think the flip side to that and where maybe more feminists were coming from, and I don't think they necessarily articulated their point very well, is that that is all very well, but um, girls and young girls or women, young women who are seeing that image don't necessarily understand that. And actually it's just Emma Watson getting her tits out and we don't Mm. know where that's shared. And I think there is between that. So it is her choice. And you would hope that all of us have the right to be able to do whatever we like with our bodies, and that includes whether we're photographed them or not. Um, but the difference is, is that we don't necessarily get to choose what that photograph then gets used for. Is the challenge, I think, for mm. me. Yeah. Um, we've got ooh, we've got a few few more feminazi fails. Uh, one that I saw was um, someone complaining on Facebook about. Um, how all the feminists have changed everything and it was this box of gingerbread um well they were gingerbread men but they were called gingerbread people 
but I don't really see what's terrible about that. If there were gingerbread men and women, then yeah, fair enough, gingerbread people. But I don't know why Sainsbury's a chain, some unnamed major <laughs> grocery chain. Gingerbread <laughs> men still. Yeah. In the box, the box it looked like gingerbread men, but they were called gingerbread people. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how those gingerbread men identified in terms of their gender. Their gender or sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was a funny one. <laughs> Um, so what we say, gingerbread people, they should be called gingerbread men. Well, they can be called whatever if they're they want. If they're, I mean, if they're obviously, well, well, this is the thing, why has a woman got to wear a skirt? I don't know. But, you know, the universal sign for a woman. I, I always thought it was like gingerbread men as in like, you know, men as in the plural of humankind. Yeah, gingerbread I, yeah I just, I don't get why they were changed to gingerbread like, people. Like, I wouldn't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why we have to feminise things yeah. when it can just mean the... <laughs> I wouldn't be there like with a gingerbread man and thinking, why is it not representative <laughs> of my sex? <laughs> yeah, it's never troubled me, and I don't, I don't mind. But it's so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind <laughs> actors being called actors. God damn the patriarch! <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind like actors being called actors, whether they're female mm. or male or. Well, because there shouldn't be a, dis- a change. Yeah, different. actress. I don't, it's I like comedians like and to... comedians. That yeah, really annoys me. Those sorts of... Um, they're they're so all comedians, come on. Yeah. Like, it, you can, I, I'm happy with mankind men, gingerbread men, <laughs> re- being representative of gingerbread people as a whole. Um, We've got bigger issues. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine. They're delicious. Um, that's... <laughs> yeah. We have got bigger things to worry about. We absolutely have. But, like, you know... You don't want to get into the nitty gritty, and actually, you're not going to change a language, etc. It should be the other things that no, like are reflected changing in the language. It, you know that it should by the fact that you're changing gingerbread man to gingerbread people. That's not going to bring about equality. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Once you bring down equality, then we'll refer to them as people <laughs> automatically. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. You know. By the way, we're going to do this bottom up. Everything that used to say man, we're going to say people. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, and the, well, I think you had one. Oh, uh, yeah, so mine was, um, I was listening to the Today programme the other day. It's, it's my jam on the way to work. <laughs> um, so I, I often get stopped, like, you know when people sort of make conversation when you're on your way to work or something, or, like, waiting for the bus, and they're always like, oh, what are you listening to? And I'm always like, Radio 4. <laughs> and they always, like, go, oh, and then look away really awkwardly. Aw. Yeah. Maybe you should listen to something cooler, and then you make more friends. I know, but when I say band names, though, if if I ever say a band name, they're always like, "What?" and then they don't know that either. So Why are they like, asking I can't you then? Win. I don't know. <laughs> I just m- must look really approachable. Yeah, you do. Listen to the Today program. So I'm interested well, to see what you're going to say. Um, there was an MP on. He was talking about how he employs his wife, basically, and now they're stopping that from happening, um, which is a whole other issue. And I don't know whether I agree with it or not. Because I, d- I don't know. <laughs> it's delicate. <laughs> um, but, but he was basically talking about how his wife is just um, one of the girls in his office, referring to the rest of the women that work in his office as the girls. So he said this in an interview, just a throwaway comment. As I heard it, I sort of, sort of scoffed at it and went like, oh, God, one of those guys. Um, and thought nothing more of it, just like, oh, that was, you know old lad maybe he's just a bit backwards um and, and i also thought what if one of the girls are listening i wonder if they take offense to that um it turns out they don't because they had one of them in the next day on the today program um speaking to the same interview i can't remember who it was that was interviewing them um and also an academic um who was saying you shouldn't refer to women in the um 
professional environment as girls because you know it's demeaning um, you don't talk about girls unless someone's younger than 11 years old um, and he really shouldn't say that sort of thing on the radio or in reference to any of his colleagues um, which is like I understand this like that that does make sense but his his colleague was like it's fine I like being one of the girls I'm in my 40s it makes me feel young we're a collective group we're like a family he calls us the girls we call each other the girls it's fine I just don't see why the Today programme felt the need to have a 10-minute slot on whether or not someone is allowed to be referred to as the girls when they're obviously fine with it. And when they weren't offended. Yeah, she was like, it's fine, that's how we refer to ourselves. You know, if someone says, yeah, a girl to you and you're like, seriously, I don't even know you and you've just referred to me as like an 11-year-old, fine. But yeah, I agree. I agree, if you don't find it offensive. And like people say all the time, it's like, you might say, I'm going out with the lads. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and actually, um, I think it was John Thingy that was talking about it. But he was he brought it up like, but people talk about going on out on a night with the girls mm-hmm. or out on a night with the lads. I mean, I would argue that lads and girls isn't equivalent. You say boys and girls. But mm-hmm. then people also say, I go out with the boys. Like, I don't think it's necessarily infantilising people because it's generally used as a as a colloquialism for a group of people. And I also feel like, we're in that in-betweeny stage where I don't feel like I'm a woman because that feels too old. <laughs> but also, I think, you know, if she was saying that in the workplace, it sounds like they're, you know, like she's saying they feel like family, then it's not really much... It's not. He wasn't really referring it in terms of professional sense. He was just saying, oh, you know, she's just one of the girls exactly. as in I mean, maybe, friends. I think it does, though, depend on the... Um, the the um, makeup of the office that you're in because in my office it's quite female-dominated, um, because I'm in um, finance in a law firm, which actually that doesn't sound like it would be, but it is. Um, but the law law in general is quite female dominated. There are lots and lots of secretaries and they are predominantly women. I don't think I know any secretaries, legal secretaries that are men. I, and it is, it is also like a, a positional thing, whereas he is the, so he's the boss and they're the girls. And that's a very interesting dynamic that they have on top of that. But yeah, then but I also think... Sorry. But I also think like it's it's fine when people are fine with it. Maybe it was misguided to say it on the radio, but then it's also not really worth having a whole discussion no. on it on the Today programme. You say business women, not business girls. Yeah. Yeah. That, but then, but then we call we call the guys in our office the boys, but that's because they're the legal secretary. They're not the legal secretaries. They're legal cashiers. They're in a department where they are the minority, but we would never call the fianas, the solicitors, boys, because they're in a different yeah. position of power. And I think but it's I interesting just, to discuss here, but it's just whether it's relevant to discuss on the Today programme. I mean, yeah, just, just on that specific point, mm. it seemed weird to have, like, to bring in one of the girls. It was like... It goes back to the point where, like, you know, yeah, does it really matter? No, it doesn't. But if someone found it patronising, then it does matter. But then mm. you would hope you would have you'd be able to say actually, a why, you know, what's the reason behind that? Are you calling me a girl just because that's how you refer to women in general, or is it because you think I'm doing work? You know, do you, I mean, there's a lot of different connotations behind why you would use that word basically yeah absolutely absolutely and often in a professional context if you don't know the person that is patronizing yeah yeah Yeah, but i agree it's yeah it's not necessarily one for a 10 minute slot on a 
Um, well, especially program. if the person wasn't offended. Although maybe she was and she just didn't say she was. But then how would you know that she was offended? Yeah, you that's true. Yeah, you wouldn't know. Mm. She's not going to go on and be like, I was really upset with my boss that he called me this on national radio. <laughs> yeah, please don't fire me. Please don't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then yeah, with pet names and stuff, I know I might be weird in this, but a couple of times I've been to the shop around the corner and um, the guy at the counter has called me Petal and Flower. <laughs> and I know that yeah I know I should find that like a bit weird and I I get called my duck quite a lot because it's Nottingham and everyone's like ducky and duck and darling and stuff I love it well, I don't think that's necessarily I think girl is worse than that that's true actually yeah there's something nice about petal and flower I was like I am a flower I felt pretty <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, as yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you got called Petal at a, at a counter, I don't think anyone would ever call me Petal. <laughs> I don't think I've got a petally face. <laughs> it's like, you're right, love, and you're like, yeah, fine. That's that's fine. I think, but then I don't know whether it's just context and yeah. Mm. I think it does. It's how it's meant as well. Yeah. You can't like start taking up with someone if they've just said you're right, Petal, and then you start having a feminist go at them because they said Petal when they're just trying to be nice, and that's how you know that's that's the slang that they use I mean that's ridiculous yeah. like you say I, I was coming out of um, a supermarket the other day and I, I walked out and I caught the eye of somebody that was stood sort of in front of me by the um, uh, check out trolleys <laughs> the trolley bit um, and I caught his eye and I smiled at him and he shouted after me like because I was walking I was on a mission he shouted after me what a beautiful smile and I was like that's a really nice heckle that's not yeah, yeah. That's that's the way to like that's not quite catcalling, you know what I mean? That's that's the way. If you want to compliment somebody, that's the compliment. Absolutely. Like I didn't feel threatened. I felt perfectly comfortable and I felt nice. Mm. And it's like that's okay. Yeah. No, yeah, and but I think calling someone petal context. and flower is absolutely I think some sometimes people just get het up about ridiculous yeah. things. <laughs> it's it's for very much contextual. Petal love, you know, God, if you start getting annoyed at that, then you just you're gonna spend your life being angry. <laughs> yeah, never pick and up we the phone are not to anybody. <laughs> angry feminists, we are rational feminists. Exactly. Exactly. We are so beautiful petals. I will be to be honest, it wouldn't even cross my mind to be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh dear. And on that note, I think that concludes um this month's podcast. So, so what what have we got next time, Larry? So next time we're talking about because of course, in April we have the. Now I was going to say birth of Christ. Is that the right? Resurrection. We have the death. Well, the, we have the rebirth. The rebirth. Um, the rebirth. No, so we have the Christian. Festival. I mean, you're going to have to do some research for this for this episode. <laughs> I am. Um, so no, yes, yeah, so we've got the Christian festival of Easter. Um, so we've got Good Friday and Monday Monday. Um, so I think Thursday. I think it's Monday Thursday. <laughs> oh God! I know Ash, Ash Wednesday, Monday Thursday, Good Friday. Yeah, and it's just a bank holiday on Monday. I think. Yeah, it's just so Easter Monday. Good Friday. Easter Monday. And we've got a Good Friday. <laughs> um, and so I think next month we're going to be talking about religion and the role of religion and uh, women's rights, etc. It won't be too heavy because I'm sure we'll have lots of other fun stuff to talk about as well. Um, there'll be the usual agenda items of you should be bothered, uh, feminazi fail, um, and tampon and tampon. 
Um, so until next time, we might have another host as well. Who knows? Because we had Alined this time. So thank you to Alined for joining. She gave some yeah. very valid points. Um, given that it will be April next time, we'll probably be on holiday mode for Easter in terms of the bank holidays. So we might be able to persuade another of our female friends to join. And if anyone is desperate to feature on the show, just drop me, Beth and or Harriet, a note. So, so until next time. Till next time, yeah. Next time. Grow some ovaries. <laughs>